For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. I did something a little, like a little new. It was a little risky for me. I, um, last night I got in my car and I went to the grocery store and I hadn't been to the grocery store alone since I'd been back in America. Let me tell you, going to the grocery store, can we add that to the list of places that you need to be hot in? Because the airport and the grocery store. I accidentally got really hot for the grocery store. And I was super confused. I like thought that I was like my brain thought that I was like going out to a, like a club or something. But then I yeah. just went to Trader Joe's. Mm. It was so nice. I made the most wonderful salad. It what was, was in it? There was cucumbers and there was bell pepper. And uh, there was uh, it was supposed to be a peanut sauce. But since my friend Christian is staying with me, our friend Christian is staying with me. I did a little sunflower butter with rice vinegar to make it like a dressing. <gasps> Wait, Call- can you send me this recipe? Yeah, it was really good. And then ch- and then chili crunch oil onto it. So anyway, I was very proud of myself. Was I starving afterwards? Yes. <laughs> did I eat a whole bag of chocolate-covered pretzels? Yes. Yeah, was did. there peanut butter in the chocolate-covered pretzels? Yes. Did that defeat the purpose of me not ordering peanut butter for the salad? Probably, yeah. But I did it anyway. I'm just, I just really, I feel like this is such a growing moment for you. Like, you know, going to the grocery store on your own and cooking on your own. Cause I just want everyone to know that last time I was with Josie and she cooked, she, um, she was making one pan fried egg and it splattered onto the stove top. It did. That's, it didn't, that was the last time she cooked. It, didn't, it was a month ago. It didn't stay in the pan. And my dad looked at me with so much disappointment. Yeah. He almost cried. And this is why we need to take away women's She's rights. Giving- this is exactly why we need to take away women's Ooh. rights. Exactly. Alicia, how are you? You're in Puerto Rico. You just posted a photo on Instagram where you look the best I've ever seen you look in your entire happy. life. What? No, she didn't look that happy, wow. but she looked Thank- really hot. Oh. <laughs> no, you looked happy, but it wasn't wow, like you, guys- you didn't look that happy. I think you guys may be referring to different moments, but thank you, Josie. You are forever too kind to me. I'm good. I'm in Puerto Rico, happy to be here working, but also trying to enjoy the island. It's a good time. I did have like a small argument ordering my coffee this morning. So oh, that go was on. Interesting. I was wearing a shirt that yeah. I so lovingly got from Crooked that says, let women run shit. And um, my barista thought that that was an invitation to uh, have a debate with me. And his exact words, um, with his wonderful Puerto Rican accent, were, uh, this feminism shit is going <gasps> too far. Ye- he said that? Yes. Was this the same barista ah! that asked you out on a date? Yes, it was Juan Carlos. Juan <laughs> Carlos, you nasty bitch. Now, how, how are you? you trying to secure the bag with a girl and yet dog on girls, Juan Carlos? Yeah, and also he asked me out again at the top of this week. and At the top of the week? My- and I was like, mm, I'm not meeting up with this man. I'm just. Where I'm was Alondro so- doing that? No, she I- is serving our country right now in North Carolina. Remember, she enlisted in the army. Like, oh the week shit! Got here. Say a prayer to her. Serving our country. Wait, uh, okay, it's White Lotus. Sweet life and Zach and Cody. It's getting yes, White Lotus because I'm here for like over a month. Like, and now there's tea. Like, it feels like I'm in high school, but it's just a hotel. I was dumbfounded because I just wanted my vanilla hazelnut um, coffee, As but does. I was. I said, what do you mean by that? And he was like, I just think it's going too far. I said, equality? Like, you have an issue with women wanting equality? Because obviously he chose the wrong one. I thought it was so preposterous. He proceeded to then tell me, we we can be equal in finances, but we're not equal in everything. Okay. Well, that, I mean, he got that part true. <laughs> that is true. So now I have to see him every day while I live here. But anyways, yes, how was your day? How was your morning? How are you? Well, first and foremost, make sure he's not spitting in your coffee. So I want him to make that coffee fucking in front of you next time. Second (laughs) off, um, this weekend was crazy. I had my movie premiere. 
It was so good. Josie and our um, sneak peek of a guest, I'm not going to say his name yet, was there. And Alicia couldn't be there, but we'll have a premiere when you're back. It's called Pretty Boy. And my parents came. My grandmother, her name is Christine, but she looks like Donatella. Josie's favorite came. Um, All my family came in. I I was so, like, overwhelmed because, like, the whole Lebanese crew just came up. Like, it was, like, 30 people. And they're like, yes, all in gowns. And I'm like, of course, they're going to make this premiere about them in the best way. It was wonderful. I was so and happy was to see good. you shine. I was so and your happy. beautiful family that I hadn't seen in so long. Shout out Amal and Danny. Danny. I'm with Danny yeah. and Hala. I'm with Danny and Hala. Everyone, I'm honestly really proud of my work. So cast me. Period. Um, as, as people should. Speaking of casting, today I woke up this morning and I decided to cast a new character on this show that is our podcast. I got out of bed and I just thought, why not bring him in? He's staying in the bottom floor of my estate and uh, thought I'd send him an invite. So please welcome to the show our best friend, our family, mm-hmm. an author, an actor, an activist, um, a, 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 a man, and uh, but one we like. And that person is Christian Wiseman. Woo! Thank you so much for having me, guys. I am so oh, honored to be here. Your voice sounds so sexy. Christian. Your voice sounds like a sex, like a sex line. Sex phone. No, Christian, I just got goosebumps on my legs when you said hi, guys. I'm honored. I mean, I'm sure the more gay stuff I talk about, my voice will just get like faster and higher as we continue. So Please. It'll happen. I love that. We we do love that. Now, for those that don't know, which is every single person listening, uh, that Christian I met in high, high school. school when I was younger, and I wasn't, I was not really a nice kid, was I, to you? Um, no comment. Okay, yeah. Anyway, no, spell the but tea. no, we started. We had a tur- we had a turbulent start. We had a turbulent beginning, and for sure. then, but but then we became best friends. We did, which is how I think a lot of best friends start. I feel like that that's very true. Christian, you was on Save by the Bell. I was. I was very honored to be on Save by the Bell with you guys. So we that spent was... a lot of time with you on that. And just in life, I think we just love sharing life with you. And I think that you're just the perfect person to have around at all times. So we're happy to have you. Thank you, guys. I love um, you all. I, I also want to like quickly harp on the fact that he's like an amazing writer. Like he has so many essays. He yes. just came out and published one with the Huffington Post. He also has a poetry book called Her, Him, and I. Uh. And I, Rupi Kaur, could never, is what I will say to that. I am so excited to read it. Thank you. I'm I'm so psyched about it. I think sharing the complexities of love and heartbreak from a bisexual man is really untapped in our industry. Mm -hmm. And it's a story that needs to be told so that there can be more transparency with like the spectrum of sexuality for men especially. So I'm very excited to share that. I Yay. love that. I, I love that. L- that was hot. That, that was, was like objectively hot. <laughs> I literally don't think that you could be like any more perfect. I feel like I tell you this every time I see you. You are just such a beautiful human inside and out. And it just feels right that you're here with us right now. Like it just feels like, oh, this is a coffee date that we transferred into the pod. Like it feels like you should be with us. I, I, I agree with you guys. And when Josie called me an hour ago and said, hey, Put your clothes on. We're we're going on the pod. I said, all right. And indeed, we're on. here. Yeah. Um. That's funny. It's interesting that you brought Christian onto the pod today because I feel like so often, well, yes, we spend days together, but also we go out together. All four of us. We go out partying. We go to different bars, clubs, Josie's home. Um, where something very prevalent is in the air, and that is alcohol. And I've been really wanting to talk about this for a while now. And it's been on my mind. And I think it's a perfect topic for us because we have all vastly different experiences and relationships with alcohol, whether it's in college, whether it's now. And I think it's important to talk about this right now because I feel like our age range specifically right now, like with frat culture, with going out culture, specifically living in LA and in this industry, people bond through getting drunk. People bond or at least like I've noticed they take a sip instead of saying, let's go for a coffee. They say, let's go for a drink, which is absolutely Absolutely. fine. But I think it's an interesting one that I really want to dissect a little bit. So 
what is each of your relationship with alcohol? Mm. We should start by talking about how it started, the relationship, and our earliest memory of it. Because I think mm. when I think about alcohol as a kid, I think about my mom having a glass of wine and then turning into literally a tomato because her entire body has like gotten swollen red. And so for me, alcohol has always been this thing in my family that's like, yeah, like it's at the house and our friends come over and they have it. And my parents always had wine in their, you know, cabinet or whatever, but it wasn't something that they were like consistently doing. Like I, I could probably count on less than one hand the amount of times I've seen my mom even tipsy, let alone mm. my dad. I don't think I've ever seen my dad drunk. I don't know. People claim that he was drunk in San Francisco at his birthday one year of years ago. But even in, at his 60th, which Christian was at, and like he seemed pretty normal for – and I kept feeding yeah, him he drinks. he was on top of it. Yeah, he was killing it. But – so I think for me, that was always my experience with it. And I remember like always asking my mom, like, oh, can I have a sip of wine like as a kid? And she would always let me and my siblings do that. And I think that allowed me to not be so restrictive of the idea yeah. of it, but to more so be aware of the responsibility that comes with consuming a substance that is alcohol because it is a substance. And I even remember we had a mutual friend. I remember going to her birthday when I was like 13 or 14 years old and being invited to her birthday party and all of our friends are going to be there. And I, our friend, our, our mutual friend, your best friend in the whole world, Brielle, um, was also present. And I knew like alcohol was going to be there. And I like told my mom about it and she was just like, yeah, I mean like you're 14, you know, that's obviously illegal. You can you can have a sip of it but like if that gets out there like your career is gonna end and then there'll be no reason for you to be here so you can go ahead and do that shit but you'll ruin your life and i'll just sit here and watch it happen and i was like wow i was like holy fucking shit i'm never having alcohol again i did not have a sip of alcohol at that entire thing was that the party bus night yes were you there we were literally 13 and we left were you there yes what the fuck why did and, you say that well i was there i was just listening I was oh, being oh sorry present. oh my god you're such a good present listener. <laughs> this was the night that we left, <laughs> we left our jessica, friend we left jessica lambert santa monica pier um, oh my god i didn't Y'all realize for that. did not realize yeah. until we were 40 minutes away i was i was gone at this point because i was living <laughs> with my aunt and uncle and i think i got out at millions of milkshakes on Santa Monica Boulevard and got in an Uber and then you guys decided to go to Santa Monica Pier and then yes. you did leave our friend there so yes that did happen Poor but girl. hope she's doing okay but I think I remember having that conversation with my mom and that was like the impetus behind every single interaction that I had with alcohol and going to events as a kid and I remember like when my friend Sky and I went to like this big party and it was like this girl's 60th birthday party and there was so much alcohol and even her parents were there. And it's like at every instance, I had to like remember that conversation with my mom. And I think that propelled me into just not being like the biggest drinker, even as someone who is currently 21. So sorry, that was a long winded way of answering no, your question. You. But I think no, that was like that the was... beginning of it. What about you guys? Um, I would say, you know, Alcohol was always present in like my extended family. I had a big family growing up in the suburbs of Chicago and I was always really scared of it regardless mm -hmm. if I saw it, be, it being used in a negative way. I was pretty terrified of it. But when I ended up moving out to LA, it was very accessible from a young age because I feel like you are an actor and you meet other fellow actors and then you guys go out and you meet a promoter and it's like you become an adult at the age of 13 and 14 yeah so easily and it feels mm. liberating but it's also not right at the same time yeah because everything becomes accessible at the at the tip of your fingertips and i think i saw how it affected people that i didn't even know like as soon as you start to go out as a young kid you can see that and it scares you because you're like, yeah. okay, I don't want to be that type of person that lets substance control my life. And I feel like you can kind of go one way or the other. I kind of ran away from it because I saw how it was affecting people. But as I got older, I think when I became more aware of the anxiety I was carrying in my life, 
I think I was like, oh, you know, when I go out, I can have a drink and it'll loosen me up and I'll be better at conversation and talking mm-hmm. to people and flirting and having a good time with my friends. But at the end of the day, I think it just made me more anxious, mm-hmm. even though I would have a couple drinks and be like, oh, I'm loose. Let's go have a good time and let's talk about fun things. I still felt anxious, if not more than before I took the drink. So that kind of made me realize very quickly, like, this isn't necessarily helpful for me to feel better. Yeah, I grew up with an interesting duality Mm. um, in the way that I perceived alcohol because I come from a Dominican culture where alcohol is pretty prevalent, um, which I thought was cool because I'm like, oh, like it, it's liberating. Like we enjoy a drink. We enjoy being by the beach. Like it's um, it's very normal for like people to drink large amounts, um, especially like a presidente or like a rum. Um, I think it's just a part of Caribbean culture. But in addition to that, I also grew up very religious So um, even though my parents didn't have this opinion, I grew up around a lot of people that abstain from drinking alcohol. um, And that was like a choice that I respected. But also my mom was a bartender when she was my age. And oh, damn. Yeah. Like, I think I cannot imagine your mother a bartender. Your mother has been everywhere here and there. She's been everything. Everything. Every time she's been a private. We have a new conversation. She says she's done a thing. Private investigator, she is a telemarketer. No, she, Tele- she's, she's now a real estate She sold agent. advertisements for yeah, television. Yeah, she worked at Telemundo, which she did. I would literally sleep under her desk at this Telemundo NBC um, like uh, office building. So yes, my mom's done a little bit of everything. She's a superhero. But anywho, she was very like comfortable and drank socially. Like she doesn't yeah. enjoy alcohol. Um, but she didn't demonize alcohol the way a lot of people I grew up with did. And in addition to that, I did have a family member that um, really struggled with alcoholism. And they were someone that helped raise me and they were very close to me. And I saw them in and out of rehab my entire life. I saw them almost lose their life because of alcohol. So I think all of those um, components really, really forced me to have um, pretty strong opinions about alcohol. And if you know me personally, I, I don't drink. I drink a couple times a year. I would say a, hand, a handful of times I a feel year, like a right? solid five is when, and also you'll prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like you will, I am 90 yeah. years old. Yeah, I, I, I will like mentally prepare for it. I like to go into the night knowing that I'm going to drink. And it's always a special occasion um, because it's celebratory. Like I don't enjoy socially drinking. And I have to say that that is not because I think alcohol is innately bad. Um, I'm not one of those people. Um, I think I just enjoy being sober. I also just honestly on a childish level don't like the taste of alcohol and don't think it's worth the money. And I could be a frugal girl. girl. Um, but yeah, so in my adulthood – uh, I I don't really drink. I'm not a social drinker. While people are having yeah. wine, I prefer like a Coca Cola. Um, yeah, and I don't I don't um, have problems with that. Like at at parties or celebratory like events for work, like it's it's never been a bother to me to like kind of be one of the only sober people. But I will say for the first time in my life, um, maybe it's because we're like in a vacation spot that people are drinking all the time, that it does feel a little bit weird that I'm saying no every night. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Mm. Because I also feel like that touches on the fact that the U.S. has such an interesting relationship with alcohol. People here drink to get drunk rather than like in the U.K., in Puerto Rico, in like at least in Lebanon, different countries. They drink casually. They're not drinking in order to get blacked out. They're drinking because it's like, oh, we're all sharing a moment together. So let's have a little something. Yeah. You know? And I think like I want to give my space myself space to evolve and maybe my opinion on alcohol will change. But like I, I don't um enjoy for myself drinking socially. I encourage yeah. other people to do so if they feel naturally inclined to. But it is interesting being like in a place like this yeah. where drinking is kind of a part of like every meal, like lunch. It dinner, is. That's how I felt when I was in Puerto Rico. I was like, 
this is so weird for me to I because I don't really drink especially at dinner like that's not really a thing that I do but in Puerto Rico I was like damn here I am at dinner we went to that one place and I just ordered a drink I was like that was so expensive a I also don't like spending money and b I'm like well, I'm not gonna finish this because as you guys know it could be a coffee it could be a, a, Bitch, a drink finish it could be a glass anything. of wine it could be a glass of milk I am not finishing it. I don't know why. I don't know how to do it. Josie leaves a trail of drinks throughout we, the day. We have a no, friend. I don't even. Finished. We have a friend, Angelica, who purposely does not order herself a coffee when we when we go to coffee together because she just finishes every drink that I don't drink, and also Alicia. Um. Well, also, whenever Josie it's would a, like leave her it's coffee a blue bottle downstairs, everyone would be like, "Can we throw that away? Don't throw it out." Because that's eight p.m. She's gonna have three last sips. Of yes. It. It will just and I, be there. Don't, don't and I'd touch get really it. mad if it if it got you know, so like, Why did you throw it away? And it's like because you left it out for ninety days, like literally. And then yeah, I get really mad. That's that's. But even at dinner and even at the beach at La Playa, I was literally <laughs> laying at the beach, and this random man was like, "Do you want this drink?" And I obviously okay. said no. Let's explain that different before people are concerned. Okay, yeah, sorry. He was well, selling drinks on the beach. It was he was a licensed drink seller. I didn't just take yes. liquid out of a random man's hands. Well, that's funny you say that because I want to touch on my relationship with alcohol. Yeah, what is your? How long yeah, have you been with say, her? Was, how long have you guys been Yazzie, together? Me and alcohol. <laughs> oh, you guys. I have a story first is what I'll start with. Oh, okay. Mm. The year was 2016. Mm. And it was my first year at uni, college at Chapman University. I got so blacked out. I took 12 shots of Fireball. And I was at the Pike House. And this is a fraternity, Pike Kappa Alpha. And I just just remember like I kept drinking and drinking. And then all of a sudden, everything goes black. And then I black back in. Black back in. Black back in because you black out. I blacked in. I blacked back in and I'm on the side of the street having someone's fingers down my throat, throwing up outside. And then I black out again. I black back in and it's me saying, call my parents. Black back out again. I black back in. I'm on the toilet and I'm throwing up, calling my parents. And they're like, we're bringing you home. You have a problem. Because my parents. Was this freshman year? This was freshman year. Wow. I'm dead. And my parents never let me drink. Like, I used to steal Grey Goose out of their little um, liquor cabinet. And That's I would put so it, Middle Eastern. It's so Middle Eastern. And I would put water back in there and they just would never know until they put it in the freezer. I've done that. But, and I was like, you know what? Like, it's going to be fine. Like, everyone would come to my house to, like, drink a little bit, like, in high school. And then after that… um, another time happened where I blacked out and I got so blacked out where I like started having a panic attack. And I remember everyone was just trying to calm me down. And I was like, I called the police on myself. I called the EMTs. Could you imagine? I, and I took my hand. I said, take me away. I need to be taken out. Can you imagine? I said, put me in cuffs. I don't care. I need to be taken to the hospital. Wait, when was like, that? Well, freshman year too. Because I was sheltered for so long without alcohol. And then you see the opposite effect of what you think that you're protecting your children. Rather, you're actually causing more damage than you are good. And I was like, nope, I'm dying. I actually said to them, I was like, I'm dying. Tonight I will die. Like, I'm going to have alcohol poisoning. And they're like, girl, go to bed. Like, that's all they said was, girl, go to bed. And then get this. I fall asleep. I somehow make my way. Oh, this is so bad. I make my way to the bathroom. And then I was apparently on the phone with, for three hours and I wake up in bed and I was like, why am I getting a text to my ex-boyfriend from high school? Oh. I got back together with him and I didn't even remember after. What? Yeah, I got back together with him and I was like, we haven't talked in so like I was like, like I feel nauseous. Yeah, I was like the fact that I didn't even remember anything. And I think coming back to like now. I have such an interesting relationship with alcohol. And I'm not saying it was ever a problem because I think at college with frat life and frat culture, you are, there's the pregame. You get, before the pregame, you are getting ready with a seltzer or some mixed drink while putting on your makeup. Afterwards, you get to the pregame. You're continuously drinking. Then you get to the party and then you get to the after party. So you just have so many hours of drinking and you're conditioned this way where by the end of the night, you are hammered and you make really bad decisions and you really make and then the next day you're in your deathbed i distinctly remember being out with yasmina at our college bar 
And her being so drunk and then saying, like, I need a hot dog because they, they sold hot dogs outside of the bar. Yeah. And we went outside. She she inhaled this hot dog. Like, oh it God. was like a reverse genius, but instead it was going inside. And in a split second, the whole eight-inch dog just went down her throat. Eight inches. It wasn't, but... 30 seconds later that you were projectile vomiting in the parking lot of the bar oh and I, I and I was holding your hair back and all of our friends were walking by and they're just like hi Yasmin like you were like it was like and your was fans like, and you were just like, like barreling oh deep in the parking wait do you actually remember that yes I do but like that just goes to show that like this has like it caused I I I hate it I hate and love it. And it's such like a push and pull relationship with alcohol because like, even though the feeling would be horrific, I was looking forward to the day after with my friends, like Mm -hmm. on the, on the couch, just debriefing the whole night. Like it was like, we're meeting at Lily's house. We're meeting at like the girl's house and we're talking all the shit that happened the night before. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Ashley's Memorial Day sale is going on now. Shop our biggest selection of hot buys, cool deals, or shop limited time savings on new summer spaces. Plus, get 72-month special financing on select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Whether you're redecorating indoors or rethinking your outdoor space, save big on this season's trending styles. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. Now, that poses my question is that are we, as a society and like as Gen Z, are we depending too much on alcohol to have a good time and to create relationships? I feel like that is a subjective question, but I would absolutely say yes. Mm, Go on. Absolutely. I think, once again, please turn up and have a good time. Yeah. I love it. I love to see it. Um, But I think… It's, it's really interesting with alcohol because obviously it's everywhere. I think it is the substance that we consume the most in regards to like recreational drugs, right? That we do forget that it is a drug and that everybody has different tolerances and that consuming great amounts on a regular, like a regular schedule isn't good for you. And I, I do think that people use alcohol as a crutch in a way that we don't use other substances. Um it, it, it's it's weird. Like, I, I I have had people be like, oh, you're not drinking? Like, oh, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, uh, like, and I'm like, that's, that's odd. Um, and it's, I don't, I don't know. I like, how, how do you guys feel about it? I feel specifically because we live in LA. Everything is like, let's go get a drink. Um, I'm definitely more of a like, let's go get a coffee type person. But even when somebody gets a says let's get a drink I'm not gonna be freaking cringy like it's not my personality that I don't drink like I will go to said drink and be like hey like, I'm actually gonna drink something else like it, it doesn't need to be a large conversation you do love a soda I, I do I do I do and I wish I didn't I do love a soda like I will say you know yes to a drink and have a soda um because we're all grown and you should do whatever pleases you and makes you happy like but I do think some people kind of make it their personality or look forward to the weekend just to drink and I'm like that's odd like all right if you're just feeling liberated and enjoying yourself, drink as much as you like. But when it's like 
infringing on your peace or your finances, or now you're codependent and you won't go out without a drink, which I have seen, then it's a conversation. But then people will shoot down that conversation because they're like, it's just a drink. When it's like, it's still a substance. You're still like, probably not your best self at this work event because you've consumed a little bit too much alcohol, which is okay, but let's talk about it. But I think because you know, alcohol is something that like a lot of people have been drinking since they were 16. They wave off the problem. Whereas like other substances, people would be like, oh, you know, maybe this is something that I need to be more concerned about when I'm like, alcohol can be just as bad. You feel me? I was thinking about something that happened to me a couple months ago where Mm. I was going on a date with somebody. And Mm. when I got to the bar, because of course it's a bar that you go to and you're like, let's grab a drink. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. That sounds great. I get there, I order my drink, and I'm like, oh, what do you want? And they're like, oh, I actually don't drink, so I'm just going to do like a ginger beer. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be the only person drinking? I'm nervous because I kind of wanted a drink to loosen up. This is a person I haven't spoken to before. I'm nervous, I'm anxious. And they were just so calm, so cool and collected. And they were like, no, it's okay. Like, you go for it, have a drink. And while I was seeing this person, we kind of let our relationship blossom outside of alcohol. And it was something that I had never experienced before. And it was terrifying because I get a lot of anxiety when it comes to dating. Dating in LA is so debilitating. It's petrifying and sometimes relying on alcohol or some sort of substance to be like, oh, let me have a drink and let me talk to them and loosen up. It it feels easier, but it's completely unnecessary and when I met him I was like okay this is actually better and though it didn't last I I really enjoyed being able to go out with somebody and not have it centered around let's go get a drink we were like let's go to the flea market let's go to an estate sale across town and it was really special how it wasn't centered around any sort of substance. It was like, let's just get to know each other during the daytime and from situations outside of a bar. I love that. That's dope. And I also think not all the cases, but I do think certain cases I've met people in a way that just wasn't, um, wasn't the best depiction of who they are, which I'm like, it's, it's life. It's not that deep. Like we all have moments like, Like even me not drinking, like people will probably see me not in my best moments. But I do think that like um, people don't always take into consideration that maybe they put their worst foot forward because of how much they were relying on alcohol. And Christian, something that you said also reminds me of this other narrative that I I think that we don't think about because we are young, but we forget that people have lived like fully fleshed out lives. We don't know all the details of, but something that you said was, and I'm not speaking for the person that you were with, but I've met other people that are like, oh, I'm not drinking. And in the past, sometimes I assume like, oh, maybe you're like me. Like you don't like the taste of vodka. And they're like, no, I'm sober. And I'm like, oh, because that is also a very different scenario that I think that we should have more compassion yeah. for in social settings that I think we aggressively lack. I think that we forget that there are people doing something really difficult and admirable and brave by being in social settings and where people are drinking, even though that they may have struggled with the mental (laughs) illness that is alcoholism. Well, that's Um, funny you say that though, because I have to say like, there was a study with the BBC and it showed that Gen Zers are growing up uh, sober curious. So we're one of the only generations that are heightened with wanting to be either California sober, which is like just smoking weed, drinking here and there, mm-hmm. and sober curious. And I I feel like that is a, a um, I don't want to say it's a trend to be sober, but like I think it's now becoming something that people are interested in because you're seeing the repercussions of like getting fucked up all the time and you see the dark things because a lot of bad aspects of people's lives come out when you're drunk Mm. like I I mean we've all had that blacked out friend have we not we have we have we have some of us were that blacked out friend you were you were you were I'm just kidding. I love you. I'm just kidding. And, and it's just not a cute look. It's not cute. And it But it comes I mean, it comes from somewhere, right? Sure. Absolutely. Like it does come from somewhere. And I feel like I when I in high school, 
like uh, you guys know that like the summer after high school, it was my house that we we threw everything. And I was so afraid to drink because I didn't want anyone to ruin anything in, in my parents' house. So I would just walk around with a, literally a fake prop movie cigarette and a glass oh, of wine that I'm I didn't drink from. Like Great Gatsby while everyone was partying, getting drunk at my house. Yeah. But I didn't want to drink when I was younger because I always felt so outside of my body and I felt mm-hmm. like drinking would take me so much further and yeah. I didn't want to add anything into the equation that would take me any far away any more far away than I already was and I think that just goes to show that like it actually comes from a place and I remember I mean I had a best friend in college who now doesn't drink to the same extent that she used to or honestly like really nearly at all and she would often cry and break down and when alcohol would come into the picture that's when she would finally let all of these things that were building up yep. come out and I think the more that we have representation around the idea of sobriety the more that we can sort of destigmatize it and it becomes less of this like evil scary thing and more of something that is a part of your lifestyle like literally being vegan or being vegetarian or whatever but I will say it's interesting you bring up the article of the BBC because yeah as you know and Christian knows because every weekend you see that I I don't really drink that much no you don't don't. like and and at college I didn't but for some reason when I moved to the UK to film it was like, it took like weeks for me to realize like, oh my God, we've had a drink like every other night to some extent. Yeah. Like when we check into a hotel, they'd give you a shot of whiskey or like <laughs> all of our transportation drivers always had whiskey in the trunk. I don't know if that's going to get them in trouble, but like they always had whiskey in the trunk and like on the way back home, it was like a two hour car ride every single day back home. You had a glass of whiskey. Like I think in the transpo van, in the transpo van, wow. like, I was talking about it with Alicia and she was on the pod last week. Like some of our deepest conversations were shared over a a Dixie cup of whiskey in the back of a van. Um, But like it became such a thing there. But reading the studies, it's crazy to see that even though that I drink more there, that we as America still have a problem much greater than that of UK. In there being, I think it's like 38% of Americans drink like once a week here. Whereas in the United Kingdom, I think it's like once a month for them, which is like insane. Because I thought that the British people are like all alcoholics. Is that racist? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. No, Do you know what I, I mean though? Like yes, what is your I experience I, with UK and alcohol? Because I know you also studied there and then yeah, lived there like subsequently. When I, was, when I was studying there and also like living there, like I like would go for a drink every day, like after work, like or like I would have a glass of wine with dinner. Like I would, and it would be so casual. Nothing like, I remember when I was studying about it, I would have like a bottle of wine mm, twice a week, like just like watching a movie, like, and it would be nothing. And that's still a lot. But, like, now, and maybe this is just, like, growing up, too. But, like, if I'm going to drink, I prepare. If I'm going to drink, I have Advil by my nightstand already. Your pills. You have pills, too. I have pills. I have my Zofran, which is a medical-grade anti-nausea pill that I have under my tongue. I have my Pedialyte ready to go. I take an allergy pill for flush. Cause I get flush and I didn't get that until the pandemic, but I just remember like what's really helped me not drink is the feeling the next day. Because like, to be honest, I love mm. feeling tipsy. I love feeling drunk. Like I love, cause I'm already a very loosey goosey girly, but like when I'm drunk, I, this bitch is out to play. But the days after. Anxiety. anxiety. The Anxiety. How many times Alicia and Josie have had to sit with me in the shower as I'm crouched down? Like, it's like a baby version of Voldemort where he's like, like, that was me in the shower drinking the faucet like this naked. And Josie and Alicia are just on their phone like. 
just, there just like support. waiting, we love just you. wait, just so I don't die. And how, and it's just so awful that that has made me realize like, I don't like this feeling and I don't like shots and I don't like getting nauseous and I don't like feeling this way. And I don't like the mental instability the next day. I cry. I think all my friends hate me the next day. I think I'm going to die alone. My family's going to disown me. I'm never going to make it into this industry and that I'm not worth anything. And then, which for, is not true. Which but, is not true. Not but true 48 hours later. But that's no, what anxiety does to yeah. you. Exactly. It's I mean, the first time I had anxiety in Scotland, I bought a piano. And then the second time I bought another piano. I'm not kidding. I bought two (laughs) pianos. Isn't one of them in my room now? And one of them is in your room. But it can really get you good. And also it's about the- Get you good. It can. Get you good. Do you have anxiety? I feel like you don't really have that bad anxiety. At least not anymore. I feel like I have anxiety in all aspects of life. Um, But Mm. alcohol is one that I think when I was younger and I was still pretty inexperienced with it, I didn't know my- my boundaries with it but as i am now uh ripe 23 years old i feel Such like i age. i have a thank you i feel like i have a healthy relationship with it where i know when to stop if yeah. we're going That's out rare. That's yeah rare. It, it, it's rare and it's also like it's peaks and valleys and i feel like when we go out with our friend group and we're having a drink or two i'm like okay i'm feeling good i'm having a great time i don't need to get another and I think one, it's easier because I'm like drinks in LA are like $17. Why get a third? Um, but also like, let's just ride the wave. I think that's something that my mom always told me too, when she knew I was moving out to LA and I was going to be around a lot of adult environments. She was like, know that when you feel good, you don't have to keep adding on to it and be like, I want to feel better. I want to feel yeah. even greater. When you feel good, so just true. stay good. Just just ride the wave. So That's I think so I really true. take that into account. Yeah. I I like thank God that um I would say our friend group has a really healthy manner in approaching like talking about like all substances. And I wish like more people were encouraged to like openly talk about it like I I don't know why but I feel like maybe people like are embarrassed or ashamed or like maybe it's deemed cringy but like I wish there was more of a narrative of like hey wherever you're at is cool let's just protect each other and if there are boundaries crossed we'll talk about that but like whether you don't want to drink or whether you enjoy a drink more so than the rest of the people in your group that is fine but just stay safe and to like just be healthy but I feel like especially in college um, I had never, like, this sounds so ridiculous, but I had never seen young people drink like that. Maybe because I wasn't allowed at the house. But um, it was it was my first time, like, seeing kids with that amount of freedom and just drinking so heavily. And then for some reason, like, we wouldn't talk about it. Like, we, we had that friend that would black out or do really crazy, like, violent things. And, like, we weren't confronting them about it. I... And you, you know were, what I mean? And you were an no. RA, so you saw it you firsthand. You were an RA. Ooh. And yeah. that's, that's funny you say that, Alicia, because like that is like making me feel like <sighs> reflect and like, let's get vulnerable. But like me being very, very drunk, hooking up with people in college, was I in the state to do that? And I'm not going to say, maybe we cut this out. I don't know. Maybe if someone else feels like that, I have no idea. I'm not saying, oh, this is what happened when like, no, like nothing's, I'm okay. But Looking back, was I okay enough to go home with someone? Mm. Were my friends okay to go home with someone? Were my guy friends okay to go home with someone? And I think it's because we think that like there's two intoxicated people that everything is just like, then we're all on the same page. And there's that communication that's completely lost too. And I don't want to go out and say like, oh, I'm a victim because I'm not going to say that. Um... But I think it's an int- it's a fine line. And I also think, like, how many frat guys have we seen or men actually become violent and, like, punch a hole in the wall? But yes, Josie, the literal, like, hole in the drywall. And we're like, oh, he's just blacked out. That's fucking weird, you And guys. I'll never be the girl to be like, no, stop. Like, this isn't you. Bitch, I'll fucking yeah, leave. Yeah, literally. It's I'll, used as an yeah. excuse oh, so often. I'll let you punch the hole in the wall. <laughs> I will say like that definitely turned me off of alcohol. I was like, I want if if I'm gonna keep it a whole buck, like I was like, I want no parts of what is making people do this. 
You know what I mean? Like, especially as an RA, which <laughs> I totally forgot that chapter in my life. I saw people jeopardize their scholarships, jeopardize their ability to play at a D1 school because they were so codependent on alcohol, which I don't want to diminish the struggle that it is um, when you are dealing with the mental illness that is alcoholism. But um, I think that that has a large part to do with how inadequately America introduces alcohol to people. Like, that's the thing. I don't even like alcohol. But I think, like, the conversation with children isn't shouldn't be like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, 21, 21, 21. And then kids are hiding it. It should be like, hey, let's have a conversation if you have questions, if you want to, you know, um, like— it should be in a safe space. You should be drinking with people that you feel safe with. What does um, binge drinking look like and why we shouldn't do that? L- the effects that it can have in your body. Like what does social and alcoholic culture look like? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I feel like if people were introduced in a more healthy, communicative way to alcohol and also empowered to be themselves and to know what you like, what you don't like, and yes. your relationship with alcohol. Because I also think I really commended someone the other day. We were in a very social setting and we were at a party. And they very openly to this group of people they didn't know well, which I loved, was like, yeah, I kind of just have an affinity for alcohol that's a little too strong. So I, I'm, you know, I realized I had, to, I had to drink less. And I was like, dope. And that's, what, and that's what I heard too. They said, if you like it and you want to continue doing it, don't do too much so you can do it forever in life you know balance anything in life balance Balance is sexy and like i i know i like drinking but i'm i know i'm gonna stop myself after three because i'm not gonna like myself the next day and i always i feel like we can make a little tips thing at the end of like if you go to bed sober by the end of the night like keep drinking water you're gonna wake up feeling like a dime and your skin's gonna be glowing and your skin you're gonna take off your makeup you're not gonna reek of cigarettes which i did from this weekend um (laughs) don't smoke kids don't do it but and moving forward, I think you guys both make a great point. It's know yourself and listen to yourself and don't be afraid of being honest because if they're your true friends and you say, no, I don't want to drink, they're going to be okay with that. I've literally spent like, I've done like a four day bender with our best friend, Eva, who doesn't drink at all. And we, and I didn't really drink either when we were out, but we went out like four nights in a row and danced yeah, to the sunrise Eva, every time. Like you don't have to drink to have fun. Like, no. no. And if you do, that's really like, yeah. that's, I would, I'm not going to say that's really sad, but like take a look inwards. Yeah. And ask and yourself, see, like, why yeah, am I yeah. doing this? Is it additive Absolutely. or is it to fill something that isn't there? Because Absolutely. when you lack nothing, you will not fall victim to dependency. And I think that is something that we learn as we get older, but we don't have to blame ourselves for. So yeah, I think listen to yourself and- Yeah, like we're human, we're we're like, you evolve. I think intention is so important. Like I loved when I was in the UK with Josie in Scotland, I enjoyed having drinks with her and celebrating her birthday. And that was a good time. And I was with people that I felt safe with. So I just think, you know, take care of yourself and look out for the other people around you. Like, I've had to remove myself from situations because people tried to make fun of me for not drinking when I was like, life is so big and there's so yeah. many other things to be concerned yeah, about. Like, literally. It is, it, is, it is not a part of my personality that I, like, don't drink. It's just a thing. It is what it is. Oh, you want to enjoy a drink? Let me be your designated driver. Okay, well, I'm not the best driver, but I will be your designated That's, driver. She That's, may drive um, like a drunk person. But she I think you're a good driver. I think you're yeah, a good he driver. Christian. He said that the other day. He, he actually said the other day that he thought you were a good driver. Christian, are you I only, are you drunk right now? No, I am dead I sober. Love it's Christian. 11 in the morning. To be fair, um, he did ride with her one time. I did ride with you one time, and then we had a beautiful heart-to-heart after. So maybe uh, I just have this oh my like, beautiful like sunshine of that time. But I thought you were a great driver that night. That was one of my favorite nights in LA and like a long time just because I think you're such a special human. But thank you, you, Christian. I only love you. Before we hop off, we all have that blackout friend. We all were that blackout friend. And I think here we at Dare We Say, we want to give you some tips and tricks on how to deal with them. And that is don't fight them. We all, they, they want to go to this place, take that Uber app away from them and take them home. They want to keep partying, pretend to dance with them. You have to appease them so they don't, they're, they're children at the end of the day. Feed them water, replace their drinks with water. I remember 
our friend was telling us that our other friend was drinking and she kept taking her drinks and drinking them herself. So if if you if you have if you have the capacity to fill yourself with some drinks, do that. Um, maybe like a sink or yeah, or throw them away. Yeah, uh, yeah literally. Um, try to get food in them, and also try to get food in them. <laughs> uh, um, I would also say. Be present, take care of them and yourself. Like just do whatever is safe. Um, and then the next day, you got to be very honest and sit them down and speak to them with love. But, you know, say, baby, we got to do better, be better. Because they're saying cute. And we Lead with sustainable. compassion. Lead like you said earlier, yes. Alicia. Slip a liquid IV in their thing. Like We love a liquid IV. And one last thing, take away their phones. <laughs> Don't let them post on social. <laughs> take away their damn phones we're tired we're done no more waking up in a panic with clenching water like you are in a drought i just want to say a fun fact one time my friend from college was making out with her ex-boyfriend who had cheated on her and she would not stop kissing him so i had to slide my face in i pushed his head away slide his fist away so she was making out with me because she wouldn't I kept I tried trying to pull her head apart she wouldn't get off of him so I just like slid in and then I just had to receive her slobber and then and I like had his my hand on his head she didn't notice no oh. <laughs> yeah I just want to say thank you to Christian for joining us today we love you dearly thank you for having me I was so happy to be here and guys. I vow to walk with you hand in hand as we enter these bars and venues with liquor in it and we can make informed and compassionate decisions together we'll always look out for each other exactly now we're always. gonna go get blacked out in my house at 12 p.m all right and with that <laughs> goodbye bye, bye. Dare We Say is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. And Sandy Girard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual Peña. Our engineer and editor is Jordan Cantor. And Brian Vasquez is our theme music composer. Our video producers are Matt DeGroote, Nar Melconian, and Delon Villanueva, and Mia Kelman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverett, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okaladi for marketing the show and making us look so damn good. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.